0: For God's sakes, please vote on Tuesday. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Just wanted to do my part, you know what I'm saying, using my voice to make sure you do your civic duty and all that good American shit, you know.
1: There are plenty of people out there who, for whatever reason, legally or otherwise, either they can't get to the polling station, or in my very specific example, my polling place was closed, so I can't vote until election day. I could not take part in early voting because of a law they passed back in June.
0: Uh, numbering, uh, limiting the number of polling places. We like to think of, like, you know, what's going on in the entire country, but honestly, the most important thing is what's going on in your neighborhood, because all these stories are just. You know stories of people's neighborhoods, right? I know in the past few months
1: we've been shying away from political conversations, but it's the midterms, so it's unavoidable. So we're going to be talking about it at least for this week. In the show this week, uh, we have an interview with Ryan McKinley of Casa Ruby Shelters, who's going to be talking to us a little bit about the services they provide for the trans people in the community. And we've got two album reviews this week: one new album and one Patreon requested album. So stay tuned. <laughs> Going off podcast, rap, critic, and muse. This week, we're joined by our very special guest, uh, Ryan McKinley, of uh, Casa Ruby Shelters out in D.C. I wish we'd be bringing you on for a bit more of a uplifting topic, but the reason we wanted to reach out. Last week, the New York Times story broke about the possible memo uh, that was going out against pretty much the transgender community at large. It hasn't really been talked about too much since the memo uh, was released, which is, it's kind of a double-edged sword. In one hand, it's like, well, it's cool that people aren't worried about it as much, but on the other hand, I worry that it's kind of going away and people are going to forget about it. We wanted to reach out and have someone on the show who um, had a connection as soon as I had heard what uh, Castle Ruby does out in DC. It's incredible. I just want to talk to you uh, this week about how... This memo in particular, I guess, hit the community um, specifically.
2: First of all, thanks for having me on the show. We are already facing a lot of uh, controversy for here being trans from that, not from my family, from mostly from the community also. And this administration does not making any better. Uh, first, it was the, the rescinding of Title IX regarding trans kids in schools. Then the military ban that we're still fighting that today, and now. And also, right now, just the erasure of trans people. I recommend the people actually get their birth certificates changed as um, quickly as possible.
0: I remember the, the trans military ban issue from, I think it was like a year or so ago. And it's funny how, I guess, like, my brain just thought that that was over. That's kind of what they they rely on, right? Like, oh, yeah, people are talking a big thing about this now. But we're just going to wait until it dies down, some other thing gets bigger, and then we're just going to keep on, you know, doing the BS that we're doing, right? Can we break down why this in particular is BS? It seems to be something that doesn't matter that much. Not trans people, but, like, the people that are trying to put this forth. Like, in what way is a straight Christian person's life made better by Title IX changing words to make sure that... It means man and woman. Like, it's not like, you know, these Christians were like, oh no, man, uh, oh, wow, we just couldn't join the military or do any of this stuff until they specifically say that it has to be a man or a woman that does it. You know, so like, can you break down like what are they what are they trying to do that's beyond just, oh no, we're just trying to define these words, you know? What's going on behind there?
2: I would say they're trying to actually deny us trans people our basic human rights. That's what that's the way I see it. A bill that a President Obama Past when he was in office this administration is rescinding there for us trans people
1: it feels like to me while i would not at all count out the possibility of it coming from a place of hatred because there's been plenty from the administration that would fall into that category i would also kind of on the surface level it just seems like laziness yeah that's what i was thinking
0: yeah like laziness slash ignorance it's just like the like i think something like this is really relying on the assumption of well when you're a kid you're just told, you're told that there's boy and there's girl and you know like yeah you learn that when you're younger cuz you know teachers don't have time to really tell you everything right and so by the time you get to an adult a lot of these people are just like oh it's just these two things right that's how it was right why the hell are you telling me i have to do all these different things now and so it's easy for them to go along with this sort of stuff, right?
1: When there's there's less paperwork involved, there's less questions they have to ask. This would, in turn, pretty much say that any non-binary people know you fall into one bracket or another. Um, anyone that's gender fluid, it's like, no, 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 you gotta be one or the other. So it's it really is just like... As far as like a broad scope, it's trying to simplify something that if people just actually took the time and addressed a lot sooner, we wouldn't be in such a mad scramble to try to figure out now. But what I wanted to ask specifically, too, what I was reading up on with Casarubi uh, is how it was started for not only... Uh, Queer people, trans people, also immigrants. About what would you say the, like, ratio for, like, people that come through the doors are people who uh seeking a safe space from, like, queer discrimination and people who are immigrants um just trying to kind of find a safe haven i
2: would say the ratio is probably uh probably three to two most of the people that we have are coming from el salvador any any uh, latin america countries we help them actually find housing political asylum or whatever the case may be because they're coming from a country where you get you can get actually murdered by the government, for being particularly a, a trans woman, you get a lot of trans women come from El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, in these Central American countries, even South America, because they are uh, actually seeking political asylum for they want to be the authentic selves and they don't have any type of um, any type of support down any country that where they're from. Actually, I know Ruby personally has brought people from El Salvador uh, back to uh, Washington D.C. Um, to actually help them with their transition, she had to her own her own money for them to escape violence. Cause she back in the day, she escaped El Salvador when she first started her transition, and she came here to Washington D.C. So she sees the people who actually come from those Latin American countries see the struggle they have and risk being murdered.
1: I'm just curious. So how do, how exactly did like the people like do you hear from these people how they hear? about the shelter because, I mean, I'm not in the area myself, but I don't even know of anything like that in my area. So I just like, is this a word of mouth thing? That word gets to these people that, hey, there's actually like a refuge here that you don't have to worry about the discrimination, like a really cool down to earth place that isn't only going to supply you with a place to stay, but also help you in ways of getting back on your feet uh just kind of protecting you from what what otherwise would be like discrimination or
2: worse i know ruby personally goes down there i guess like once once a year and like, i guess she scopes out the actual sex workers who's actually transgender and she like she she brings it back to washington dc so that's uh that's one of the main things we actually do with our latin american uh, services we have a cast of ruby and um we reach out to maybe you Trans women living in the South, particularly um, Florida. This past year, five trans women was murdered in actually the state of Florida, black trans women. So we actually rescued trans women from the South to bring, bring them back up here to Washington DC also.
1: I'm extremely grateful and jealous in a way that we don't have something similar in North Carolina. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, did, did the website say that there were multiple locations, or is it just the one?
2: No, actually, we have three locations here in Washington, D.C., and we have another location in Adelphi, in Maryland. That's uh, the Highsville, Maryland area. We have another location out there, so it's actually four total. When someone
1: comes through the doors, um, just on, on a typical individual basis, what does someone receive when, when they come through the door?
2: Uh, if they want to stay overnight, we actually, they had to actually be there by 4.30 and then we offer them a bed. That's at like the main location. We ask them like personal questions and like, what are their goals um, or plans? Uh, first of all, we actually are they comfortable with them telling them that we actually, they're actually transgender or non-binary. Go to like their background. So it's actually, you go to a doctor, like a therapist, and we ask them, how long you want to stay.
1: I was going to ask specifically, too, because the holidays are coming up and the holidays can be a very depressing time for people who are homeless in general, not, not even specifically uh, queer people. Is there anything specific that y'all do uh, around the holidays to kind of, I guess, supplement um, what these people would be missing out on as far as like a family? Uh, holiday season?
2: We actually have a Thanksgiving dinner at a um a major location for Christmas. And if, if if people celebrate Christmas, we have like a holiday party. We actually buy the residents uh, Christmas gifts. So we always make them want to feel like they're at home.
1: What did the donations help with? I imagine supplies and the boarding, but is there anything particular that y'all are hurting for or that you're hoping the donations will help with?
2: Well, we also, uh, for the donations, we always want to make sure that all our, real, all our residents are completely fed, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So some of, most of the donations actually go to actually getting food for the trans uh, people who actually live in one of our shelters or group homes.
0: Is there anything directly that, that the people at home can do about this Title IX nonsense in the first place? Like, like what, what can people do directly?
2: Well, they actually can reach out to actually any LGBT, particularly transgender groups in their city if they haven't, meet with them, ask them how do they feel about being trans, just like reach out, be a a heir, have a shoulder for them to actually lean on. You say you live in North Carolina, what part of North Carolina do you live? It's uh, it's near Charlotte. Near Charlotte, okay, I know Charlotte's pretty trans-friendly, but anywhere else, I don't think it's uh, any trans friendly besides um, the Triangle City area.
1: For any marginalized group, I would say for either like either like race, religion, uh, nationality, anything, just hear their side of the story. Because especially around here, people still don't get what it even means, you know, to be trans or to be and anything that's out of the realm of their normal. They don't understand what being asexual means,
0: you know, anything like that. So it all sounds foreign to them. The the reality of people living who they really are in a lot of pockets of this country and abroad, um, are still very unaccepting. And I hate that we seem to, especially on the online discourse, we seem to only, um, people trying to fight back against this sort of stuff, a lot of what they like to fall back on is, oh, oh, these are just first world, you know, uh, feminists or trans-feminists just complaining about, you know, like, oh, they don't really have it that bad, but it's just like, no, there is underneath the fucking Caitlyn Jenner's you know, there are people who actually don't have a place to go home to and it's directly related to them being trans.
1: Is there anything uh, pertaining to the topic or Castle Ruby uh, um, specifically that you would like to um, add any general information you would like to put out there?
2: Yeah, we're always looking for new residents to actually come in who actually do not have a safe haven to go, especially as uh, Thanksgiving is coming up basically this month and few week's. Um. We also, um, if like, you not feel comfortable at being at your house or being in your city, you can always come to Washington D.C. You got to reach out to Cas and We'll bring you here. We just had the AIDS conference um, a few months ago in Orlando, and then we are actually expanding towards the south. So that's in a new that's actually that's in a new future. We are uh, going to Southern Virginia and North Carolina, South Carolina, and we'll make our way to Mississippi, Alabama. We know some trans people down there that don't have the uh, support that they need. We're actually uh, a huge advocate for HIV and uh, AIDS rights. So some people uh, work at Casa Ruby, um, they actually have uh, limb with HIV. So we're actually educating people about safe sex and actually teaching kids about PrEP.
1: It's still such a dirty word around here, even with sex education, that it's still such a taboo topic that even getting that specific in now talking about queer identities is like a total no-go for these people. So it's great that... They all are kind of filling in, unfortunately, where the educational system is lacking, whether by choice or uh, or by force of the state. But it's uh, castleruby.org for anyone listening that wants to help out or donate, find out more information, see some videos and pictures of the uh, facility. Uh, Ryan, thank you very much. I know we had an issue last week getting you on, but it would have been more timely to talk about it last week when the memo hit, but... Since there has been time in between and people aren't talking about it as much, I think it's good to remind people that, hey, this is still an issue. Even when people don't talk about this, like you had said before, um, the target has been on the queer community. Now it's just about preparation and trying to help just uh, having each other's backs. So it's great to know that there's a place like Hassan Ruby out there that really cares for their own. So thank you very much. And uh, if there's a way you can pass that message along to the folks, to Ruby even, uh, We'd love that because it's really inspiring what you got going on over there.
2: All right. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: So the first album we got on the show this week is a Patreon request requested by Larry Cipher. And if you have an album that you would like to request us talk about on the Going Off podcast, it is as simple as a one-time pledge to either patreon.com slash rap or patreon.com slash muse. And Larry requested the album Princess Superstar is... Just... just is. <laughs> she exists! She exists, alright! I... And you know, that, that isn't even really a question that's answered
0: on the album, either. Like, it's not even addressed. In fact, if, if looking purely at this album cover, it does not in any way prepare you for what you're going to be getting. What the hell is that cover? I'm, I'm so confused by all of this! <laughs> like... It's like somebody put out their drunk white aunts, like, you know, from Minnesota. Like, she did a rap album, and and as a joke, somebody put it out without telling her about it. That's what this entire album feels like. And that picture just looks like, you know, she was getting up about to grab something, and so it was like, oh, hey,
1: you know. Someone surprised Old Princess Superstar. Yeah. And gave her a copy for Christmas um exactly you know she just this month uh released a children's uh rap album
0: are you fucking serious no nah.
1: <laughs> she had she had it funded please
0: tell me it's a joke come on now nah, it was it was
1: crowdfunded and it's a album of rap songs that you can enjoy with your kids
0: after what i just heard uh-huh. after what i just heard the the, the proto uh, fucking Peaches slash Eminem slash Insane Clown Posse.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. What is this? Well, Princess Superstar, she has a child now of her own. Uh, she she's grown. This album is from 2002. Yeah. This album is old as shit. And, you know... I, d- dude, I, it sounds even older! I thought it was from the early 90s or something. Whoa, I didn't think it was that old. It definitely does sound...
0: Dude. listen to this
1: production man <laughs> yeah now i'm not <laughs> i'm not exactly sure where uh princess superstar came from uh she'd had some releases out before this album uh yeah i she,
0: know she fucked with cool keith it, fe- like, it feels she's... like
1: yeah like cool keith is maybe like a protege
0: of yeah, some yeah, kind
1: yeah. uh because he's on one or two i forget i forget what uh, tracks on the album, and uh, she mentions him a few
0: times as well. And I remember I remember seeing him, like, back in the day, like, I remember seeing her, but I didn't know like, to the extent to which she was, like, a thing. You oh, know? Hmm. Like, because I remember seeing the music video with Cool Keith, but it, like, it looked so low budget, I was just like, wait, is this real? Mm. Is this, are they serious?
1: I, I've remembered we weren't too wild on the Cool Keith album. That we reviewed no. uh, some time ago. Uh, someone chewed us out for that, by the way. Someone was... Um... His,
0: his popularity absolutely eludes me. I don't understand. I, it feels like a early internet joke that he is like... like the, It feels like he's like the early Lil B. You know, people are like, no, 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 he's like he's like awesome, he's absolutely incredible. And I just listen to his stuff and I'm like, I mean, it's definitely weird, but... Uh, I don't know,
1: you know? Yeah, he definitely can surprise you, uh, sometimes, maybe, like, with the characters, like... Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember liking the Dr. Octagon album back in the day. Back to Princess Superstar here, um, I think I had an experience that you recount on the podcast every so often where, uh, the first time I listened to it, I really rather, uh, enjoyed myself. I thought it was, Mm. uh... I thought it was a very interesting, different, fun album to listen to. The second time I listened to it, with the lyrics up, uh, quite a different experience. Oh my god. Didn't quite hit me as, <laughs> as much. Maybe when it has my undivided attention is when it's like, Oh, there's absolutely nothing here.
0: You start off the album, and it's just like, oh, you got a brand new car for some reason. And she's like, oh, wow, I'm so happy. I want to start singing. I can and sing, starts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then she starts rapping, which isn't singing, but okay. She commences to, like, immediately just stumble over her words as she's rapping, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, no. No, oh man, this isn't gonna be good. See? It's just like go to keys, catch on keys, read a minute I was like, oh no! <laughs> I literally the the when I was doing my like you know I listened to it a couple of days ago and then listening to it over again mm. to do like the lyric for lyric sort of thing yeah. you know that I like to do and then it's just like as soon as I just heard this flow just starting this just lost in the beat flow I was just like oh oh, like I stopped the track and I just started laughing for like 10 seconds straight. I was just like, I can't. Oh, no. (laughs) You're gonna gonna eat this album alive.
1: (laughs) See, see, that's the thing. When when you don't, when it doesn't have your undivided attention, um, it sounds like she has a pretty cool flow going on. (laughs) Especially on that first track, Super Fantasy. This album tricked the fuck out of me into thinking it had a lot of potential because super fantasy into bad babysitter are probably two of let me double check two of the most interesting songs on the album except for spoiler alert the last one going into it i was like wow this album has
0: fucking personality uh this is someone different like to bring attention to her whiteness is to bring attention to her awkwardness. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it's like yeah. she does not have a I was listening to one of these songs and I was just like this just sounds like drunk Britney Spears but like you didn't know that she actually, you know, was really into Cool Keith and she just released a surprise album where she was just drunk and rapping. Like that's what a lot of this sounds like it's just like oh my god, this is just awkward. This oh, is really my- awkward and uncomfortable. And oh my goodness, man! Okay, there's one song where it works. One or two songs, actually. Eh? Bad babysitter. Okay. Purely because of the idea. Purely because of the like. W- As I was listening to it, I was like, "Hmm, I could see this working on a like Pornhub, you know, a uh, 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 Joanna Angel soundtrack." You know what I'm saying? Like, I like she missed her calling to do that shit because that that could work. But just as it is, it's just the beats, sometimes the beats are really fascinating, like in, um, yeah. uh, I think it was Keith and Me, where it's uh, you hear that little sample in the background, it sounds really nice, and it's just like, oh shit, yeah, oh, this is actually kind of working. And then you have Bad Babysitter, where it's just like, her flow is just so all over the place, and it's like, I know you're doing a concept, so I want to follow you, and I want to listen to what the story is, but your flow is so wonky and everywhere that I'm just like oh my god, I I don't care. I have to try too hard to keep up with where your flow is going all over the track. Because, you know, she does that thing where it's like, she doesn't rap the verse all the way through, right? She does the very, like, you know, punching in certain lyrics here and punching in certain lyrics there, which is good when it's done by someone who knows how to do it right. Uh, for example, that hip-hop album we listened to where it was, like, the whole story and it was, like, different people coming in. The first couple of tracks was a little wonky, but, like, after a while, you, you could sort of feel the groove of them Finding where the perfect times to come in are but this one is just like It's just rushing to get all the words in and it's just like I can't enjoy the punchlines in the scenario Because you're fumbling over your words all the time.
1: A lot of princess superstars punchlines just amount to be Random references a lot of this is awkward and random are the two best words uh, I can use to describe the album the the flow is awkward, it gets sloppy, like it can't keep up, uh, and a
0: lot of the time, it's just random shit. That's the real personality I get from this. It's like, this is someone who's, you know, had a hard life early on, and they're like, ah, fuck it, I'm just gonna do whatever the fuck I wanna do. If I wanna do this shit, I'm gonna do this shit. And it's just, like, really nasty, CD you would find this CD in the back of a fucking porn shop type of shit. Like, specifically in the early 90s. Like, just... And it's very sweaty. The album is very sweaty. I got that fucking vibe. (laughs) You know, it's just like sweaty and gross. Like it's sexy, but not in a way that's appealing. It's like, this is either gross, sexy, ill, I don't like this shit at all. Or yeah, this is exactly the type of completely disgusting, depraved shit that you would be into. That is exactly what her demographic is. Except plus the complete randomness that she throws in.
1: It reminded me of Cupcake, but not done nearly as well.
0: Exactly! That's exactly what I wanted to say, because...
1: Cupcake knows what the fuck she's doing, and she's got the nasty, sexy shit on lock where, like... Yes. First of all, she's just a much better rapper. So when you got that ability down, then it's like, okay, now let's fumble around with, like, whatever you want to do here. Princess Superstar yeah. doesn't really seem to have that first step <laughs> down, so now it's like, alright, now I want to make all these fun, like, references, but I don't know really how to even get the thought across. Like, in Bad Babysitter, that song had a lot of potential because it had a really fun premise. It's a complete mixed bag. Like, the chorus is catchy, but then the lyrics get corny and the flow gets sloppy.
0: Like, I like the idea of what she's doing and I hear how it could sound good, but yeah, because of her delivery is just being so messed up and then, yeah, this lyric where you hear the kid say, I want my mommy and daddy! And And she says, I want your daddy as well, but if you tell, you'll die of sickle cell. And God told me you're going straight to hell. Well, if you don't like it, I can leave and then you'll be all alone. Believe me, that's what the creepy monsters want. You can hear the sort of, uh, you know, over the top, insane clown posse. Yeah. Like you know, like oh, I'm creeping this kid out, and then scaring him away, and then oh, I'm gonna give head to my boyfriend while we watch while we watch Small Wonder on TV. <laughs> you know. And there'll be a sticky spot because I sucked his dicky and used your mom's cucumber. Don't worry, I'll put it back in the fridge. <laughs> you know, and it's like, all right. And then, oh, are you scared? You can have it for supper. Nice and crisp in the Tupperware. Uh, uh, it's like, all right. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it it It's it bizarre. It is exactly like she is a white, I don't know what her exact age is, but, like, just her delivery and the, the, the confidence with which she is delivered, it's a very, like, a white 40-something Minnesotan bazaar and that is such a strange way to describe an album you know you know <laughs> another really weird route that song in particular
1: took where yeah the whole the whole point of the song is yeah she she's a babysitter she's fucking her boyfriend or whatever but she also is like she, she also wants to fuck this kid's dad So when the dad comes home And he's like how old are you 19 And she goes uh, yeah in like 5 years so it's yeah! like, okay. So in the context of the song you're supposed to be 14 but then she's like Hey let's do this or whatever and he's like Nah and it's like you know what Thank god <laughs> For once A rap song Didn't take advantage of possible Like pedophilia
0: for once, yeah. the guy's like, nah, I'm good. It's like, ooh. <laughs> well, ooh. And it's not treated as if, like, I'm not I'm not doing this because it's fucked up. It's just like, not, you know, not right now. No, no, <laughs> I, no <laughs> thank you.
1: His wife came home drunk, so he's got a lot going on. So maybe another
0: time. <laughs> Do you remember, what's that group? Uh, I Touch Myself, the Divinals. The Divinals, yeah. I remember uh, looking back at the time saying, like, oh, was there controversy over this video? You know, seeing, like, if people were, like, talking about it. And there wasn't. There actually was not a huge, you know, moral crusade backlash against this song. I think I know why. It's because the woman in the Divinals, she looks like a grown woman. She looks like someone who, you know, is in charge of her sexuality for the most part. I think the moral panic for... Singers like uh, Britney Spears and all them back in the day was that sense of, <gasps> she's only 14, you know what I'm saying?
1: I never really heard that about Ariana Grande, and she, I, I know she is older, but she, she she still looks like a child. So, yeah. it's like, but you don't hear anyone ever fucking, like, for the past two, three albums, all of her hit singles have all been about fucking like, not even trying to be discreet about it. Like, they're 100% songs about fucking. People don't even acknowledge that. They're like, oh yeah, only a couple years ago, maybe like less than five years ago, she was on a Nickelodeon series.
0: Doesn't matter. I just find it kind of funny because I I don't even think it was that long ago. Yeah. Wasn't there sort of a moral panic over uh, Miley Cyrus? Uh, there I was, I remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, and,
1: and again, Disney.
0: So you'd think that that would carry over to Ariana, but nah are we finally past that time where we could just allow young women to like have a sexuality and not be scared about the fact that it exists? Are we, have we finally, have we finally reached that era where it's okay? (laughs) And the weird thing was on the Keith and me song, which because she sounds a lot like cool Keith, which, because it was probably like, you know, it's like the Wu-Tang Clan where it's like the Jizza taught Rizza how to rap. Rizza taught, you know, so oh, people yeah. are just going to sound like each other mm. just by virtue of that being the way it is, you know? Yeah. Um, But funny enough, she sounded way better than Keith on oh the Keith and Me song.
1: Keith's verse was garbage.
0: <laughs> with the Speedos on, I heard you was talking about my ass. I'm coming over to my house butt naked with a condom on. Yeah,
1: and we needed that song twice. (laughs) I don't know what it is getting the fucking... We we got a remix, but it's not a bonus track because there's a song after the remix, so it's just supposed to be in there? Like, I'm not rating that song twice, I'm sorry. But I feel like we'd be repeating ourselves a lot
0: if we're talking about how awkward and shit is. So specific critiques... Oh, oh no, there's one lyric. Wait, I have to get this fucking out. She says, arm and arm, naked, making spawn. At the salad bar, get the salad tongs. Deliver our new baby born. Wait, something's wrong. I gotta call my mom, tell her Keith's on the song. And then it cuts to the mom going, oh, my God, that's great, honey. Cool, Keith. What what did you say he did again? (laughs) I enjoyed that moment, but it was... It was just so strange how we got there. Because it was like, I want to enjoy the silly moment of, ah, you know, no one actually knows who cool keith is, but I'm still stuck on, I'm sorry, did you deliver a baby with salad tongs? That's a big (laughs) fucking deal.
1: (laughs) A lot of the songs here uh, go on way longer than they need to. Um, Songs like Wet, 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 which is only three and a half minutes, but feels like an eternity. Yeah. Um songs like Untouchables Part 2 that comes before Untouchables Part 1 and they don't really explain why that is. Yeah. The song is basically over at 2 at 2 minutes and 20 seconds. And instead of when she says, yeah, and here's Part 1, instead of just going to Part 1, which would have been a nice transition, there's like another minute and a half of filler. I don't know why it's just there.
0: Like, it just seems like a mistake.
1: Yeah, and it, but in part two, in part one, she references part two, so it's like, oh, am I just supposed to go back yeah, and forth what? here for fucking infinity? I don't know what the hell this is, a Mobius strip of rap. Yeah, but like you said before, the beats on some of these songs, like, what is it? Dude, <laughs> the instrumental thing that's, like, basically an interlude, it's between Untouchables part one and Welcome to My World. It's like a two-minute interlude of just, like, samples and scratches there's no rapping on it and it's like yeah it's so fun it's so sick i really like that um but then after that because there's a string of songs i gave twos like all in a row uh keith and me wet 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 we got panache trouble all those are like twos well
0: okay i do want to say though trouble the beat for trouble was absolutely perfect it's perfect for what she, because mm. you heard that little intro, which sounded like the beginning of either, like, a 70s horror movie or, like, a 70s action movie. And then the beat kicks in, you hear the waka, is like, real funky and shit. And she's rapping over, I'm like, huh, this actually sounds like, you know, she sounds like the, the sort of, uh, the Tina Marie of, like, the underground hip-hop scene. Oh, you know shit. what I'm saying? Yeah, I was okay. like, okay, I'm kind of feeling it. But her raps are still, like... Weird and bad. Like you said, like, I got two legs to work, but I beg for change to drink Bacardi. Hardy meals got the Hardy Boy. And oh my God, this is the part. I want you to go listen to this song. Listen to Trouble at 53 seconds in. And I want you to hear how she flows. And I had to write this down. I wrote it down. I said, it's like Bob Dylan levels of like transcendent nonsense and what she's saying <laughs> <laughs> and how it's delivered. Like it's delivered so confidently and like off the cuff but it's just like, uh, you're not saying anything, <laughs> but it's so like, she plays with the flow in a way that's like, oh yeah, I'm just rattling it off and da da da. So she goes like, yeah, uh, these Hardy boys are hard, like Nancy Drew and a dog jerk it off and steal it from drug dealers. And then I was like, why did she try to do something like fucking Janice Joplin slam poetry all of a sudden? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Every time the beat drops out, like, it would happen a lot of this, in the song in particular. She would, like, flow really fast and go... And then, of course, every now and then in the song, you know, the beat will drop out. But for this specifically, the effect every time was just, like... It was just all this rambling shit, and then the beat just stops. And then I just feel like I've just left there, like what the fuck was I supposed to do with that information? <laughs> like, what was I supposed to be impressed? You know, like, beat drops in rap songs usually mean something like, oh, you need to absorb that. But I was like, I'm just confused. Like, I feel like I just got, <laughs> just dropped in the cold. Basically, a light switch
1: was flicked after What Is It? Because the rest of the album, I thought, was actually pretty good. Welcome to my world. Uh, I Like You, or At Least uh, I Love You, or At Least I Like You was more of an interesting concept. For a song right. than the song itself because in this song the the uh, gender roles are reversed where the guy is saying no I don't love you but I'll fuck you but this dick ain't free so you're gonna have to buy me all this shit if you even want to yeah, fuck me right. that was a really cool idea it had an, it had a nice uh, beat to it too with like layered samples I thought was cool uh welcome to my world should have been the intro track uh there's a really cool line in here that. I thought worked better than most of the other ones. Uh, put ants in Bagger Vance's baggy pants, circum dance, it's just my circumstance. I wanna watch him sit, and do the safety dance, but I do it myself, but I can't. Like, that, like, dude,
0: do more of that shit, you know? Yeah, it's really absurd out there fucking raps, but there's a way to make it what, like, it's like if you're gonna do shit this crazy and abstract, there needs to be something that keeps us, you know, tethered. To listen to you.
1: It doesn't all have to make sense. Not all Eminem's fucking shit on that first or second album made sense, but it fucking flowed in a way that it didn't really matter that it didn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, you're along for the
0: ride. Yeah. You're not so alienated by the flow and what they're saying.
1: Nothing dates this album more than the song, You Get Mad at Napster. I don't even know why the fucking song is called that. She only says that as like a throwaway line halfway through. I really liked her energy on that one. It was way more hype than the other ones. Um, it's sort of a hypothetical diss track to a would-be, hater, aspiring rapper. It's not really targeted at anyone specific, it doesn't seem. It's just like, hey, you get mad at Napster because your shit isn't getting downloaded. But yeah, it's like, all right. Too much weight, though, as previously mentioned is probably the best overall. Uh, It's got a nice beat with, like, trumpets going on. Um, It had a solid message about how rap is perceived and how rappers should use their platforms for good. That is true! I don't know if she's the person to really be putting across that message.
0: (laughs) but But look, look, I mean... It's not like she's the number one rapper in the world and everybody's bending their hear- ear to her anyway, so I think I think she's allowed to say that. You uh, know, even though all of her albums all of her albums so far was just, you know, lick my asshole in the middle of a garbage can in the back of a ditties...
1: You put in too much weight into words and there's too much hate in the world is the overall message. I thought it was cool. Uh the song ends halfway through, though, and just repeats for a few minutes, which as an outro to an album works okay. But then for some reason, it does this bullshit where it fades out and then comes back in with a reprise from a song. I think that Napster song that all my tracks are hot. And that was unnecessary. That was unneeded. Uh, We blew through this album a little bit because we're strepped on time. But um, are there any more
0: comments you had on this one? Um, Other than who writes your lyrics, which was interesting only just for the chronicling of like, I think, in a way, like, the sexism that women have to deal
1: with. And it's also, like, an autobiographical track about, like, her story so far. I liked that, yeah. It was far yeah, less yeah. silly, random shit. And actually, it, like, the flow was pretty good. Uh, I didn't exactly. care for the whispering chorus, though. That was kind of... Eh. No! Overall, I surprised myself and came out with an average score of a three. How about you?
0: Whew, I gave it a one. Nah. Wow! Goddamn! Yeah. Alright! This is for a very specific time type of album that's like if you're if you want to throw this into your you know sick bdsm fetish playlist with cupcake and lil kim (laughs) and you know all that shit go right ahead but I, i just don't think it works anywhere outside of that
1: we kind of blew through that last one because we only have a few more minutes to talk about the second album but i don't know about you but i have even less to say about this album than i did the fucking princess uh the Princess Superstar album. Black Eyed Peas are back after... <laughs> and who cares? <laughs> oh, the, the resurgence that no one, literally, no one asked for. They're back. Oh, my God. With the first album in eight
0: years. Okay, so you know how, like, people are doing the PlayStation. They're they're re-releasing certain games. Oh, Nintendo yeah. Nintendo re-releasing older games. Uh. And people are like, oh, snap. We can finally play the classics. We can finally play that. This is the... Bubsy of that right this is like the <laughs> it gets thrown in the compilation but it never gets played exactly so it, it as far as hip-hop is concerned right because it's funny because the tribe called quest is on here as well a tribe called quest and you know you see all these other artists lately that have been putting out like new albums and it's been like oh snap so it's still around and they're still kind of dope you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. that's been that's been kind of happening uh de la soul a couple of years ago put out a really good oh, album yeah that's right and then there's these guys who were always below average and everyone sort of knew it. And it's just like, well, we're riding on that nostalgia 90s train too. And it's just like, uh, <laughs> The thing is, I've always said that Black
1: Eyed Peas' first two albums before Fergie joined the fold are their best. But even then, they're still yes. subpar. So basically yes. what we got here is, Bla- is Black Eyed Peas back at the starting line.
0: Because yeah. it's with, no with better. better production.
1: Way with better, better production. production, I will say that. But quality in the songs is no better than their first two albums. I have so little written down for these songs. <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake, the beats are clearly the star of the show. I didn't see, but yeah. if Will am did the production on this album, I do got to give him kudos for that. Man, when you start your album with a song called Back to Hip Hop, which... Remi- oh. It reminded me of, remember when the Beastie Boys had a song with I Wanna Say Nas on it? And it was called, uh, yeah. uh Too Many Rappers, Not Enough MCs, or whatever, where it's like, hey, this is the song about critiquing the modern state. I was like, okay, it's, it's not as bad as you're making it out to sound. And you're not bringing out anything new or original. You're not bringing anything back to life like that bullshit sample. Oh, like okay. Actually,
0: fucking let's fucking ground. do this. Let's do this, yo. So, <laughs> this fucking song. How. Like, the gall of. Black eyed peas to basically be the representation of hip hop selling out for the last fucking decade. And then for them to all of a sudden, (laughs) yeah, exactly be like, yo, we're going to take it back to the SDM. Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Yeah, you're back to hip hop now that you're irrelevant. Congratulations. Oh yeah. You're really speaking up when it counts, aren't you? I texted
1: you because we were originally going to do two requests until I heard Apple D. App literally, 100% seriously, rhymed lyrical with
0: miracle in 2018. Oh my god! Yo! They are so relying on that, like, that astroturf version of old school hip-hop. Oh, for fuck's sake. I was like, we gotta do this.
1: That was the fucking selling point. I was like, well, I don't even need to hear the rest of the album. We're fucking talking about this shit.
0: And then when you hear the... Dude, I did not... I don't think a man could facepalm fucking harder with it. before I heard that fucking back to. I was like, oh, that's so the fucking sample you guys would use. That is so the 90s. That's textbook <laughs> black eyed peas. Textbook. <laughs> trying to get all that nostalgia trade. This is the fucking Michael Bay of the nostalgic fucking oh. you know what I'm saying? It's just so it doesn't care anything about this actual sound. It's not trying to enhance it. And in fact, like, okay, so the original sort of uh, a line goes, back to life, back to reality. You know, it's a kind of like, so they only, they chop off the rest of that melody and they just repeat it, but they don't even do it in an interesting way. No. It just does the back to life, back to life. And then like, they don't build it. They don't do anything with it. So it's just like, well, all right. Well, this just sounds dead now because you're not going anywhere with it. And then, oh, just for all the fucking cheap points, your boy Nas comes out of the gate with a a trash verse at first but the second one was kinda okay but, okay, the way I felt about this song, it was so trying to be, look, we're like a Tribe Called Quest 2, remember that album that they did a year and a half ago where it was like, hey, cool we actually still really like Tribe Called Quest, well, we're from the 90s and we kinda did a jazzy thing, you still like us too right? Oh no, this isn't working Uh, fuck, get a legendary rapper on the track, ah shit, ah shit it didn't work, Uh, the first verse, uh, still is not working, fuck, get him back to do another verse like, (laughs) (laughs) like the fact that they had nas do two verses on this song it, to me just kind of felt like you guys they knew that just the idea of look guys will i am and apple d app and another guy yeah they're back they knew that wasn't gonna work so they had to they fucking had to get nas twice on the first fucking song you know like any legendary group wouldn't start off the first song hey, we're back, and uh, just to make sure that you listen to the song, here's a bigger name that you know. No, they're going to be like, <laughs> look, it's us. We're back.
1: This band has always been the the uh, band about positivity. We're always going to be rapping about uplifted shit and whatever. So it makes it that much more jarring when they try to be hard, conscious rappers because, like, it. I remember when I heard... Uh, Ring the Alarm was, like, the first song that came out, uh, Ring the Alarm Part 1, 2, and 3, and I heard that, and the Ring the Alarm is so fucking annoying, but I was like, wow, okay, I guess this is what they're fucking doing now. No! You know what? I just fucking remembered! Remember that single that came out back in 2015, and I think I, Fergie yeah. was on it, and the whole music yeah. video was them parroting classic hip-hop album covers? Yep. Where the hell is that? Look, they had one song on this whole album that sounded like it was trying to be a fun radio hit and that was Wings, and it sucks. It has that cheap Tom's Diner. Da, da, da,
0: da, 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 da. Oh my, once again, this the cheapest, most obvious sample. Why would you
1: waste the money on the sample? You know this isn't gonna get radio play. They wanted this to be a single. So fucking bad. The lyrics are shit. You notice how they just changed the words enough to not have to pay royalties on the wind beneath my wings by the way. <laughs> they changed it to wind under my wings so they can get oh. around that. Can And Jesus <sighs> Christ. Can we talk about track 2? Track, track 2.
2: Fucking 2. <laughs> oh my ourselves. god.
1: You're like track 2 and I'm like no 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 track 8. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Dude. Let's go back to track two. The oh my You God. can have this. Or you can do it with that. You can <laughs> have this. You can do it with
0: that fuck off, you can say yes, or you can say no, you decide either love it or you hate it you either fixing it or you're breaking oh. it you're taking it or you're, ma- oh my god oh my god I look, I, I. it's like, I. you know you hear the yes or no, yes or no, and then like, oh. okay, alright I get what the, I uh, kind of get what's going on here yeah. and then when you start hearing the first two bars, and you hear that it's just this, the opposite of it, and then you just glance over at what what is left in the song, and it's like Four more minutes. I know Um, exactly what the fuck it's gonna be. Like I know what. Why does the song need to continue after the first minute? You get it. I get it. Things have opposites. What the fuck is this? So long. And they're not making any point. Five minutes. Yeah, they're not making any point. There's no story that it eventually comes to. There's no message. There's no surprise. It's just contradictions.
1: And they have a singer on the song that sounds like Fergie, but don't worry, it's not. I don't care, just <laughs> fucking get Frankie on there If this was gonna fucking sell Obviously this ain't fucking it Just blowing through these other ones real quick Get ready, I liked the chorus, that's all I have written down Oh no, oh. that
0: chorus was whack It was like, the lyrics The lyrics was like, we ain't messing around Shit's about to go down This is for real, this is for real Oh, real epic sound of shit And then you listen to the actual music and it's real like Like laid back, just chill <laughs> and I'm like, uh, alright, like I mean, it kind of sounds like you're just messing around right now. I mean, you know, this fucking, I just went to Rhymer Dictionary and just looked up the words that rhyme with Dog or fish like this one here is like boom and bass playing with my dialogue zoom out so you can see my whole catalog I uh. was underground and I was the underdog now I'm feeling like a top dog it's like oh my god it's Like <laughs> You can tell they just went the fucking rhyming dictionary. You know what I'm saying? Like Jesus This
1: album mm. and people hate when we do this, but we have to compare them This album is the polar opposite to Princess Superstar because when Princess Superstar is like I'm pulling out these random-ass, obscure shit that doesn't really mean anything, it doesn't really go anywhere, it's like, well, I guess at least it's different. In this Mm -hmm. one, they don't fucking take any goddamn chances, and it's the most basic, like, predictable rhymes... And it doesn't go anywhere even remotely interesting.
0: This is mainstream rap trying to imitate underground
1: hip-hop. None of these songs are revisitable. Like, none of them forever had that cool old-school beat with the James Brown sample, but that was about it. Like, honestly, lyrics-wise, these are all water from top to bottom.
0: Yeah, there was uh, one song... Uh, where I absolutely loved the beat. Uh, dopeness was incredible. The bells and all the shit that they had going on in that song. Absolutely incredible. The chorus was great. And then you get to the fucking verses. Dude, Will mm. I Am's first verse goes, I'm doper than a dope boy. Make mm. a lot of dough. Call me dough boy. No. And then you have a guest rapper on the same fucking song say I'm doper than the dope game. Making more money, making more money than the dope man. It's just like, oh "Oh my God, we already did it and it wasn't even that good. And then you also repeated the fact that he just repeated the fucking dope dope thing. Like Jesus fucking
1: Christ. But dude, I know. I know it hit a fucking nostalgia chord for you to hear that fucking Will I Am fucking dirty bit voice again.
0: Uh, okay, I, I'm not gonna lie, I kinda liked that verse. Oh, fuck that, no way. And that was <laughs> weird, because it kinda sounded like he was sounding like Buster Rhymes at some point, and it was kinda like Ooh. switching. I was I like, guess. Mm, okay. You know, it was using, like, onomatopoeia and that type of show. I was like, that actually is, like, that was doing the sort of punching in different sort of things at different times. That was doing that kind of an interesting way for one verse. That's the one positive thing. I have to say, this beat was great, and that verse was kind of interesting. He still wasn't saying anything actually interesting, but just the way it was delivered was very interesting.
1: Number eight, new wave. We have to do it. The overused (sighs) Beastie Boys new style. fucking sample what new style what new flavor this is all rehashed shit i like the beat and that was it
0: i'm already tired of the hey guys we're doing it the old school shut up just
1: fucking (laughs) do it you don't need to fucking (laughs) say it dude
0: exactly it wants points so bad for doing What you assume someone who's, you know, the the assumption is if you do old school stuff, that automatically gets you cool points. So look, we did the old school thing. We've used old school samples. This is like... That, I'm sorry. That doesn't just automatically get you points. This is exactly what mediocre ass will I am trying to be respected underground rapper. This is what you sounded like 20 years ago, and 20 years on, you still sound like someone who's not trying that hard, but still wants the props for doing so because you used big words every now and then. They are the definition of the underground rapper who's just throwing in big words to sound fancy.
1: Only only a few weeks ago, we talked about Young Sinatra Four. A love letter to old school hip hop. And I don't think he ever. Well, I'm sure he did at least once or twice, but I don't think it was as obviously reaching as this album, where, like, he wasn't, like, desperately grabbing for
0: clout points as fucking Well I Am is here he got wu-tang clan on that one track and that was incredible the nas song on here fucking pales in comparison
1: <laughs> oh yeah no you can fucking keep that nas song and never want to hear that again big love was an okay yeah. one i thought it was
0: it, they were trying to do where's the love again it was a 2018 we, we, we sequel it. yeah pretty much <laughs> Be, because their other uh remix to it didn't pop off remember that Remember, they tried to do the Where is the Love 2.0 or whatever the fuck? Oh my god, I forgot about it until just <laughs> Dude, now. See, we forgot. They've actually been trying to do this old school gig for like the last two and a half years. <laughs>
1: Man, do you remember when fucking Will I Am did that goddamn Yes We Can song
0: yeah. for Obama? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Will I Am is just the king of trying to get his fucking
0: face out there. Oh, he just wants the points for being progressive without actually doing any of the... without actually making good music or saying anything that actually matters. Now you know? here,
1: now here's the shocker. I came out with a three again.
0: Uh, I can't... This one was a two.
1: I don't know how. Neither album were necessarily impressive or lasting or memorable. They aren't even
0: average. They're not average albums. They are most definitely below average. Both <laughs> albums came
1: out to two point and I had to round them up. Two, three... Uh-huh. But just fucking take that for, for what it's worth. Neither album, honestly, dude. Just don't even. Don't, <laughs> don't waste your time. And this is only volume
0: one? Oh, no. Of this Black Eyed Peas bullshit? All these fucking part one, part two, part three things. Oh, and everything's spelled in caps like they're fucking uh, Tyler, the creator, out this bitch. Get out of here. Fucking
1: Brockhampton, get the fuck out (laughs) of here. We are never seeing a part two to this. This is dog (laughs) shit trying so fucking hard. And it's like, again, like the production is fine. Like I wish will I am. we fucking talked about it on the show before. I love the I love the beats that will I am makes for other people. He is a fine producer.
0: He mm. doesn't have shit to say. No, it's all this, yeah, we're giving you the ill funk stuff, and oh, oh, uh, oh, oh my god, I'm on that hip-hop grown shit, EMC Squared means I'm on the microphone shit, dead with mumble rap, attack of the clone, I'm with the Jedi, I'm in that Ziggy Ziggy zone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he fucking referenced your, uh, uh, smells like funk, did you catch that? Yeah, yeah. He couldn't help himself
0: oh and he's creeping like a zone creeper what, you, what? the fuck does that mean <laughs> what's a zone creeper i glow like an illuminator oh you glow like a thing that lights that glows. up <laughs> incredible well i am fucking incredible Uh, Go away for another eight years. Well, folks, (laughs) that about (laughs) wraps
1: it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Uh, Thank you very much for checking us out. If this is your first time listening to us, all of our old episodes are on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Going Off Podcast. It's G O Y N apostrophe Off Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Check us out on Patreon if you have a Patreon album request you'd like to make. And until next week for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And
0: I'm Rap Critic, and keep on creeping like Zone Creepers, people, because that's a thing that exists. That is definitely a thing.
1: Boo!
0: Fucking look it up before I find out there's some, like, cult classic fucking movie called Zone (laughs) Creeper I don't know about. (laughs) A M has one up on you, yeah.